Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the new podcast, Love in the Time of Everyone. My name is M. Diekman, and I'm your host. This is a short introduction I'm calling Episode Zero, just to give you an idea of what this podcast is about. Have you ever not been sure whether you should text someone first? Have you ever considered online dating or a dating app, but kind of felt unsure about it? Have you ever been terrified of commitment because of the nation's high divorce rate? Yeah, me too. If you're someone who has dealt with relationships today in any capacity, you probably have too. And when you face problems like these, do you go to your grandparents for advice? Of course not. Grandparents are full of wisdom. They've had a lot more practice at being alive than people are in their 20s have. But relationships, romantic, platonic, and familial, were different a few generations ago than they are now. All those things I mentioned a second ago, they didn't exist for our grandparents. But there are these entirely different sets of social norms and problems and benefits. This is something that has always interested me. Of course, things change with every generation, but now it seems like they're changing faster and faster. I have a niece who's 12 years old, and I feel like I can't keep up with the way that she uses technology and defines relationships. I'm only 22. So the gap between the centennials, which I had never heard of but apparently includes people born after 1996, and the baby boomers, or even the gap between millennials and the Gen Xers is pretty insane. My grandma got married when she was only 19 or 20, but she always tells my cousins and I that we shouldn't rush into marriage. When I bring up the fact that she got married so young, she always just sort of shrugs and says that that's the way things were. Diane Wallace, who is 79, told me the same thing. But I still followed social mores. I, I followed what kind of what you're supposed to. You're supposed to marry the nice boy next door. I was madly in love with a... In fact, oddly enough, my mother introduced me to him, uh, a doctor where she worked. And one night I'd come by, Mrs. Cantor, you didn't tell me you had a doctor. Well, he was older. I mean, not that, 10 years maybe or something. But he was from Mexico, and he was of a different religion. And back then, you didn't do those things. You did not marry somebody out of your religion. You did not do that. I mean, that was very, very much the way it was. Diane said her mom was sort of appalled that she accidentally introduced her daughter to the suave Latino lover. Yeah, my mother. And then she realized, what's going on here? He'd go over the house, say, I love you. She said, what'd you say? What'd you say? And she's getting all paranoid. She had introduced us. In fact, the first night, I mean, this... I went there. I had a date. I was living with my grandfather, and I stopped by the hospital for some reason, and I had a date with this boy from school. I still remember his name, Jack. He was an engineering student, and I, he kept saying, Mrs. Canner, Mrs. Canner, you didn't tell me about her. But still, just like my grandma, Diane got married when she was 19, and it wasn't to the doctor. I asked her why she married this other guy instead of the one she was madly in love with. And my mother says, if you want to go out with the doctor, go out with the other guy first and give him an excuse. You got to go home early. Somebody's my own mother, you know, because she people were straight then. So I remember I went out with this other boy and I says, oh, I have to I had I didn't tell you before I left. My uncle's coming in. I have to pick him up at the airport. (laughs) And that's how it all started. (laughs) I asked her why she married this other guy instead of the one she was madly in love with. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 I loved him. And, 
but it wasn't. I I knew I shouldn't have been married. I would never tell anybody that. You know, I still did. I had a P.O. box where I used to correspond with the doctor after I got married. He didn't. He didn't know I was married, and I wasn't doing anything. But we'd just write back and forth. How's it going? Because he went. He went back to Chicago to get his residency. He wanted to go into surgery, and uh, he couldn't get it here. He could just work in these little hospitals. And we had talked about me moving back there, but like I say, he just didn't do those things. And like I say, different religion, different cultural more. It you know. The secret P.O. box and the letters back and forth didn't last very long. But years later, after Diane had divorced her first husband, she looked the doctor up. And when she found him, she gave him a call. And so he says, I got this phone call and I thought, I said, do you remember Diane Cantor? And he says, how could I ever forget? I thought... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I thought, oh, my God. Well, anyway, we met. And it was like there wasn't time. But, you know, you could never go back. You cannot go back 30 years or I forgot whatever it was, 20. Aside from telling me the story of her torrid and tragic love affair from another era, Diane had a few other comments about what has changed since she was younger, like people's attitudes toward marriage and kids. Well, anybody, literally anybody, the the word was, you know, I mean, if you're the old maid school teacher. That that's what it were the old maid aunt, you know, and it literally was that. I mean, there was something wrong if you didn't get married. Um, you know, people look at you funny or something. Um, but now it's very acceptable. You know, women choose a career over marriage or get married, but choose not to have children. I mean. Uh, Though there weren't really those options before. I mean, there weren't very many people that says, I choose not to have children. On the other hand, Diane's daughter, who's 50 now, has never been married, and she adopted a little boy from Russia to raise on her own. And today, that just doesn't seem that weird. But when Diane was younger, gender roles were a lot more prevalent. He cooked. He always cooked, but that was very rare. Now you see men all over the place cooking. Um, so things like that, uh, my father was more open. But now, you know, I mean, you would have never seen a man pushing a stroller. Of course not. That's women's work. Women definitely didn't have the independence then that they do today. Like, okay, in my days, even, you know, a lot of women didn't even drive. They were dependent on a man to get them all around. You know, they did the housework. They were There was really no reason for them to get out. I can't even imagine. On the other hand, Diane said that some things have definitely remained the same. Sex has not changed, and my mother even said that. You know, I mean, people are still doing it, you know, the same whatever. It's talked about. Nobody ever talked about it. You know, when I was growing up, the main thing, you got to be a virgin. You have to be a virgin. Well, you know, uh, you had cars. You didn't have vans and everything else, but it still went on. But that was just, you know, if you read some of the old things from the women back hundreds of years ago with those big dresses, that's where they snuck under their dresses and did their thing, you know, and were so proper and prim and everything else. So, yeah. 
The way we go about relationships today is different. They move at different paces. They start in different ways, they end in different ways, and they are spent in different ways. But some things, as Diane said, like horny teenagers, are forever. I can't help but find myself wondering, has love itself changed? Or is it just the way that we go about finding it and treating it? Of course, it seems strange to think that love really could change. It's supposed to be universal, constant, to transcend age and time and all that. Sometimes, though, it really seems like it has. There's more of a mutual respect between genders now, along with different attitudes toward gender itself. There's a constant comparison of your own relationship to other relationships. And there's different prevailing attitudes toward everything from sex to long-term commitment. So that's what this podcast is going to explore. How are relationships today different than they were a few generations ago? What does this mean for everyone? Is this stuff good or bad? What do we do about it anyway? Anyways, I hope you'll stay tuned for the first full-length episode, which will be out next week. In it, I talk to three different couples who are all different ages about the way that they met. Spoiler alert, people from different generations met their significant others in different ways. Anyways, thanks so much for listening to the first episode of Love in the Time of Everyone. And thank you also to the following people. To a local kindergartner for the theme music. The local kindergartner EP, Spine, is available on Bandcamp. To Jeff, Jack of all trades, Gardner, for teaching me how to use audio editing software and also for making the really neat podcast art. And to Jim Lawson for giving me a bunch of pointers on how to get started. Thank you lastly to my roommates and parents and Jeff again for putting up with me as I try to figure out all the nuts and bolts of making a podcast over the past few months. I leave you this week with some pertinent words from Woody Allen. Love is the answer, but while you're waiting, sex raises some pretty interesting questions.